0: Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com always joined by Matthew. How are you getting on Matthew? You've got a plan for today don't you because I have. No
1: absolutely not. No plan (laughs) but two people who are more than competent enough to carry us through the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Who we got on the episode Colin?
0: Oh, we've got the most excellent Mike and Isabella Russell from Music Radio Creative. How are you two doing? Doing, doing great. great. Good, good. <laughs>
1: so, of all course, right. we, we want to talk here about how seamless this has all been. We, we got together, we were just saying, you know, between us, we've got 40 plus years experience in podcasting. So, when you get folks of this magnitude together... Everything's just really seamless. You know, the, the setup works straight away and we're just right in it, aren't we? No hitches at all. Yeah, no,
2: it was so smooth.
3: <laughs> yeah. No distortion, nothing. Mixed no. minuses, perfection. Okay. You no, see, no. the no. real
2: pros and that, that experience of 40 plus years means that we can just, you know, m- make it kind of... Wash off us as if nothing happened and continue with a straight face, right? Oh, I,
0: I would like to say that, but my heart rate is quite high right now. I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> so just to just to open up the uh, behind the curtain to the listener, um I uh, just tried a new setup this morning. I've plugged into in a, a Roadcaster Duo, uh, came onto the call, and obviously it was echoing because I hadn't put the mix-minus settings on. Uh, couldn't get that working right though. So then proceeded to go through my entire studio worth of microphones. How many do you think it was five I think
2: five or six, six. Least
0: yeah uh, and something had happened during that whereby my pc had set its uh, volume settings to five out of a hundred and i didn't know that at all so every one of those microphones did not work and uh, it's now 35 minutes past when we're due to record so yeah <sighs>
1: it happens to the
2: best of us clearly you see so if the lesson of this whole thing is that you know if things go wrong don't worry they go wrong for the pros as well so it's like just you know don't
3: stress i think that's important it's part of the journey as well that you know no matter how much experience no matter how long you've been doing anything for you can still make a mistake or you can encounter something that's unexpected like you say your pc magically seemed to decided that it wanted to change his audio settings. I yeah. watched a YouTube video. It was a plumber installing a toilet. And he said, I'm just going to drill. And he had years and years of experience. And then he drilled right through the main water pipe and it burst up. But the <laughs> I think it's about the journey. He made it to the end and he said, look, and now it's fixed and it's better than ever before. And the brand new toilet is installed. So I think these challenges, they, they, they give us something to... Um, Content if anything yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least
0: I've not flooded the office. That's good. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, like I had just, an angle going into
1: this. Uh, you know, when I when I invited Mike and Isabel on for various reasons you, that we'll get into like ten years since UK pod and just talking about the evolution of podcasting since then. And one of my things was uh, I want to really dig into how easy it is with all the tools and equipment at our disposal now, you know, compared to ten years <laughs> ago. But maybe that's not always the case, it is it?
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's the, I think it's the thing I bang on about most in podcasting is keeping things simple. So I've, I've utterly blown that, um, that advice right now by making my uh, setup more complex. And that's why something went wrong. So, yeah, keep it simple. USB mic, that's all you
3: need. <laughs> that's the thing. Knowledge can be a dangerous thing because the more knowledge you have, the more you want to try, the more you want to complicate your setup. Uh, and I know all of us here on this podcast today, we are used to trying out lots of different equipment, but i I constantly suffer from having too much equipment. And actually, Isabella is brilliant because she'll say to me, "Right, you need to go through. You need to have a studio refresh. I want you to pull everything apart. And I hate yeah. it because I'm like, that means a day of pulling my studio apart rather than doing other things. So I'm like going under the desk pulling out wires. But actually, at the end of the journey, I'm grateful for it because like I've cleared out a load of stuff. You know, and it just feels great. So I think simplicity is it. And sometimes when you have too much education in an area, you can suffer from overload, can't you? Whereas someone coming in fresh, starting with just the USB mic they need, can actually make something great quickly.
2: I think it's important to go back and revisit what you have because like, you know, over the years you can add and add and add and actually not going back and thinking, do I need all of this can be so dangerous. I mean, I, I, yes, I definitely love a good sprinkling. I absolutely enforce that on Mike like at least once a year. I'm just like, that's it. You've got to have a quick look through all the wires because it's driving me mental. But, um, it's it's actually a very healthy and, and helpful thing to do because it's just things change. Like a studio is not as static as I think people would like to think it would be, right? Yeah, I, I
0: love that philosophy. What is that around? it around when you're trying to clear something out or when you're trying reviewing your projects even or your gear whatever it is you look at everything and say if I was starting again now would I buy this thing like would I spend the money on this thing or would I choose to have this here right now rather than you know oh, I'll just keep it just in case it's like more would you invest in it right now if it was
3: yeah. you know with today's context yeah I like that philosophy the only place I don't agree with that philosophy is cables, because you're always going to need that cable. And you're going to rummage through. You're going to say, I don't need this anymore. I'm getting rid of these cables. These HDMI cables not needed. And then one day down the line, maybe a year later, you'll come to it. You're like, I really need an HDMI cable that's two metres long. I don't have it. I have to go to Amazon and spend £10 on an (laughs) HDMI cable.
2: Says the man who has an attic full of boxes full of cables. Yes, just say that?
3: Because you always need a good cable. Yes, it's good to refresh your setup, get rid the big stuff but keep your cables (laughs) yeah
0: absolutely and uh, the reason that uh, Matthew and I ended up in the office that we ended up in what Eight years ago now, 2015, uh, was because of cables. I was I was literally told by my wife, look, if you're gonna keep going with this, you need to get these all out of the house. <laughs> so I was like, right, I'm gonna go, I suppose I should go and rent an office then. Just to, it was literally That's just funny. as a storage place for all the cables that were then lying around the house. <laughs>
3: and then those Argos plastic boxes with lids come in really handy. Yeah. So I've got an audio box, a visual box, a power box, an Ethernet and networking box, and they're like Isabella says, they're full to the Brim with cables. Yeah, Mike could literally
2: cable out at least 10 studios. Like, let's just say that way. Because (laughs) because what ends up happening is like he has all the cables, but then he either can't be bothered to look for one or can't find it. So he buys another one. (laughs) We keep on adding. It's bad. It's bad. Our cable cable holding in this house is bad. <laughs>
0: I, d- I think anyone out there listening will identify with that. So that's all good.
2: <laughs> I do have one anecdote on the, on
1: this. Not to divert us too much, but just on this sort of theme. And uh, I was speaking to Mike before we recorded, saying that I was um, I was asking him if he tried the Maono. I'm not being sponsored here, by the way. PS twenty two audio interface it's not the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 but I've been reviewing that recently and when I plugged it all in for the first time uh, I couldn't get any audio and I'm doing various things installed a driver I was getting to the stage where I was like maybe a bit of ASIO for all here and stuff like that and then I had another quick glance and I was like oh there's a there's a power button on the back maybe I'll switch (laughs) that on and uh, I switched the power button on and it worked so Sometimes the simple solutions well are there. The, well played, pro. <laughs> that's that's why I get paid to write these reviews.
3: So <laughs> mm,
2: there you go. You shouldn't nice. need power buttons anymore. Nice. I
3: mean, it should just be no. USB in. On it comes. Yeah, yeah. No, it actually, actually it
0: slightly annoys me about this Roadcaster Duo that I have to press the button and then it takes ten seconds to boot up. And yeah, if it just came on when I turned the plug on, it'd be much better.
2: Yeah it takes a while to boot <laughs> off as well but uh one thing that I would say is that I'm probably out of the the four of us here I'm a massive technophobe so it's like if something if something works I will just keep it running you know i don't want to change things because if i break it i'm absolutely paranoid so recently my computer completely broke down to the point where i had to actually just plug in a completely new computer but what i loved about the roadcaster is i could just plug it and everything worked seamlessly i didn't have to make any new settings so like somebody like me i was like one thing less to worry about to set up from the start so that was great
0: (laughs) all right matthew what was your actual plan for this (laughs) <laughs> 'Cause I've I would we're gonna obviously, talk about 10 obviously years of planned. podcasting, eh?
1: <laughs> yeah. I I mean <laughs> what time of recording. So we're 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 both into twenty twenty four. We're now into February as well and uh we were chatting between us calling the um you know, February two thousand and four was when the term podcasting was first used by a journalist writing in the the Guardian. Ben Hammersley, I think, so he, he he wrote the word podcasting for the very first time, as as far as anyone knows. And then, if we fast forward ten years on from then we uh Colin you and I met at Mike and Isabella's UK pod event in Birmingham Indeed. 2014 so it just seems like things have fell into place quite nicely just to revisit the past 10 years uh I suppose getting things off by looking back at 2014 like what was the kind of what was the thought process behind saying let's do a podcasting event in the UK
2: do you know? We uh, at that point were completely hooked by the events in the US, and there was uh, NMX in the in the US, which is like um, a place for bloggers, really. But podcasting started to kind of take off in there in some shape or form. And we went to an event in there and everybody was so enthusiastic and people were like, yes, you know, it's like with podcasting, you know, I can finally become an authority and this and that and, you know, love this. And then we were like, wow, wouldn't it be great to bring this into the UK? And um, this is how the the whole concept of UK podcasters was born. And actually, it was coincidentally at exactly the the same time as the podcast movement was taking off uh, in the US. And uh, we just wanted to bring that bit of inspiration, but that part that was like, listen, podcasting has the power to influence. You can become influencer as the podcaster. And I still remember people were just blankly looking at me and saying, what? Like, you know, you are just like, what is podcasting? What are you on about? It's like complete bollocks on (laughs) every aspect of it. And actually I, I do like to look back at that and say, I told you it will work. You know, I told you we will have influencers out of podcasting.
3: Yeah, I think so much has changed as well since 2014. So we've seen this evolution. I think you you put it very elegantly when you were saying 2004 when the term was coined and then 10 years later we gather this group of uh, just over 100 grassroots podcasters, like people literally grabbing a microphone and talking about something they're passionate about. That's always what Isabella and I were really interested in doing and now over that 10 years we've seen things like the podcast show in London sprout up which have not only pulled in, they still pull in the grassroots podcasters, the podcast producers, but they've also got the big industry there, like the BBC and Spotify, and so to see it grow like that is absolutely incredible. And I think maybe in ten more years, it'll be the AI podcasting conference, and it'll only be attended by uh, Elon Musk's Optimus Tesla robots, and they'll be like, "Yes, I have a cloned voice, and I podcast too. Nice to meet you." I don't know. <laughs> That would be interesting. (laughs) Be a good, uh, good conference to go to at least
2: (laughs) for the robots, not for humans, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Colin,
1: from your point of view, obviously uh, it was harder to get speakers for podcasting events back in those days, and you managed to land a wee spot on the stage. So, how how did how was that for you? Like in those days, in those days, we're we're all sounding really old here, but like, uh, was that like your first time speaking at a, a podcasting event?
0: It was, yeah, yeah. That was like, it was a really weird threshold for me. Um, I think I've said this to you, Mike and Isabel, over the years, like, thanks again for for that, because I was still working at the university at the time. And uh, so that was kind of the first time I'd I'd talked at a few university events, like academic events about very boring academic stuff. uh, But that was the first time I'd done it on the thing that I was kind of more passionate about, my hobby, basically, at the time which was podcasting and it was that really meeting all those people meeting you Matthew at that event um that really pushed me over into turning into business from there like it was a year later that I went full time on it and um and you and I started working together properly Matthew so yeah it was it was a it was a real change in my life a real threshold
3: in my life that very event so yeah it's very cool oh, that's really cool. (laughs) It is really cool. And that's exactly what we wanted to do was gather together, you know, the deep thinking minds in the podcasting area, you know, as a time capsule back then, 10 years ago in 2014. And as Isabella mentioned, you know, we went to the US, we were inspired. We wanted to bring some of that over. And I remember the, the keynote was Jason Van Orden. And for me, that was very appropriate because about, Three or four years beforehand, I was listening every week to his Internet Business Mastery. And I can absolutely say that that podcast changed the course of my life. I was working in radio. I was doing a regular job. And then I listened to Jason and Jeremy talking about how you can build your own business and that inspired me and therefore Isabella because I was constantly saying we should do something like this we should do something like this and you were building our our music radio creative business as well so we we took on that project and then yeah it was a a small amount of really good quality people that we gathered at that conference to speak Uh, and you were definitely one of them Colin in fact I think you're the you're the only one in the UK talking about podcasting. So it's really exciting. It's like you were, you know, and and still are, uh, in my opinion, like an extreme authority in podcasting. Like the oh. podcast host, it's like, it comes up in every search I do. So you're doing something <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank And it's you, great thank to you. see that yeah, longevity, yeah. you know.
1: It took him 35 <laughs> minutes to get onto this recording. So let's not, let's say, uh, Exactly. complete exactly it too much. Too
0: much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that, that is absolutely the same experience, Mike. I, that was the show that changed my my life as well, to be honest. That was the one that started the podcast host. Like I started the podcast host website. After listening to that show. I like I first got into it. I've told this story on many a show, but like I, I taught people how to podcast as a technology for for learning. That was like my kind of very starting point in podcasting. But the reason I started writing about it on a blog was listening to Internet Business Mastery and a couple of other shows. Um Paul Boag as well, Boag World, that was a web design one. So those two together sort of transitioned into starting the website writing about podcasting thinking you know learning that blogging could be an actual job like about affiliate marketing so like uh, earning some money from the the reviews we did and all that kind of stuff like that those things all together were what turned into the business we're in today so yeah it's really weird these things that come together it was so it was i think i got a curry with jason at that um Event with uh, Richard Tubb as well. One of the first times I'd, <clears throat> I'd met him, and it was it was a really weird, surreal thing because <laughs> the people, you know, seemed so famous to me at the time. He seemed, him and Jason, what was it, Jeremy and Jay? I can't even remember their names. Yeah, Jason Van
3: Orden, Jeremy Fransden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've coined it. You've absolutely coined it there. You used the word celebrity or famous. I think you used yeah. the word famous. Yeah, And that's exactly what, I, you've vocalised exactly what I was thinking about. Another name I'd throw into the mix is Pat Flynn. I was listening to him with his Smart Passive Income podcast uh, alongside Internet Business Mastery. And I remember listening to these folks and never having met them and thinking, wow, they're they're what they're doing is incredible. One day I would least like the opportunity to meet them. And, yeah. and from that came something amazing and a whole, yeah, maybe change in direction of, uh, you know, the way people approach podcasting in the UK or at least a segment of people, right?
2: You, you see, I, I've... Always, always believed that, you know, it's the human to human connection that really makes something special. And podcasting is so intimate. It's so individual in the sense that, you know, we all have journeys of being influenced by a podcaster in one way or another because something genuinely something magical happens. And I think that when you have people who are so incredibly passionate about what they do in whatever niche that is, right, we all have different interests. So we will look for podcasts on that specific niche process it's like and we connect with those people and we learn from them and then we can feel inspired to take action to and do something i don't think there is another medium like that out there perhaps youtube to a certain degree especially a lot of podcasters are jumping onto youtube and i know mike you will throw a lot of ai into the mix i genuinely do not think ai will ever be able to replicate that because even you know when you clone a voice something magical happens when you are recording the podcast when you are having conversations when you are genuinely sharing something uh, that you are passionate about i don't think ai will ever be able to to step on that i agree with you isabella close. and
3: i think that you know i've used ai as i'm sure a number of us have in this conversation and listening to the show as well i've used it to summarize podcasts to say you know give me the key takeaways so i thought I thought initially that would be a hack for me. I'm like, ah, now, now I can consume 50 podcasts in a day because I could just read the headlines. But of course, as I'm sure we'll all agree, you don't get the nuance of the conversation, the human aspect. You get the, they talked about creating an event. They talked about traveling here. It's not the same as listening to the actual chat. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Matthew, why were you there? Remind me.
1: So m- my pal Robert and I, uh, we were making our audio dramas back then uh, and we'd started our podcast about making audio dramas very very meta uh so yeah we we'd um we'd encountered um the event on the old social media back when i had social media accounts uh it must have been twitter or something like that twitter wasn't as obnoxious as it is now uh so i we just said look this thing's happening in in Birmingham let's go to it you know very reasonable price and it wasn't a big gamble for us to go to so it was accessible um and I, I was aware that these things happened in america but like um you know it just wasn't viable we were at a uh, college at the time so we were able to go down to that and just thoroughly enjoyed it like to again you know it wasn't that common to meet other people that that listened to podcasts it's certainly not that made podcasts so to actually go and be amongst people uh which was great and um And I've been to lots of events since and, you know, we've talked about the London event and stuff like that. It's it's brilliant in so many ways. But one thing that you guys nailed back then, and I don't know why this isn't more replicated now, is just like it was was one single session that everyone went to. And then we all went out for a coffee and we all chatted and we went back and we had one more thing that you, you all attended and the last time I was in London you know last year and I left us on the feedback form for them is I just felt overwhelmed because I was looking and I'm like quite fancy that but this thing's on here and I, half the stuff I, I wasn't even aware what was going on because there was just so much and I think that that it becomes overwhelming and it loses its value after a wee while so I I just really enjoyed the way it was set up back then and I, I kind of wish we would see more of that these days with events as well
2: mm. Yeah, I agree. And it it was, for us, it was always about building a community. And I think that it was always community first, and then everything else after that. And that, that was the key. Because if you focus on people genuinely enabling people to connect, then you want to give them as many opportunities to do that as possible without the overwhelm, just keeping the sessions focused and to the point and to really high quality. And then just and en- encouraging people to, to actually mingle and to talk. And so many amazing things came out of that. Like, you know, the, the two of you uh, doing so many great things together. There were so many other success stories of people just collaborating on the back of that event. And that's exactly what we wanted. I don't think people do it enough now.
1: Yeah, it's funny, like, again, going back to to the last couple of years where we're obviously lucky to have that event in London now, but you're still meeting folks that you know it's like Kevin Field is a name that springs to mind you know I'll just meet Kevin every year now and it's like no time has passed at all you know there's just folks that um, that are so familiar to me from uh, you know when we were doing the events back then as well Um, I'm curious as well like but if we go back to 2014 Mike and Isabella like as well as running this event I just remember you guys like you seemed to launch a lot of podcasts in that period like you were running i think the main mrc one which was really good i used to listen to that at my work but like i remember like you you tried lots of different podcasts didn't you was that just a wee like let's see if something really has legs here and what yeah. was the kind of process there yeah
3: we did we we threw a lot out there so obviously there was the main mrc uh for our audio business um but we also started up a, a UK podcaster show. Uh, eventually that turned into New Media Europe and we did something there. But also I went through a specific stage where I was, I was testing uh, doing daily podcasts and that was out without any AI assistance as well, literally trying to put content out there every day. And I think I went into five different niches, um, trying to remember them all. Online marketing, uh, the Isle of Wight, because we just like the Isle of Wight. Um, there was another one about... Gosh, I can't remember the other two. Um, Can't remember them. But the the one that did the best, actually, was the audio production podcast. And I just started a show and gave out some tips on there. I think it's probably still kicking around somewhere in the directories. And I, I believe that one blew up because I think Apple decided to feature it somewhere in their directory and that got a really decent amount of downloads in fact i look back and think why did i not keep going in some form with that one because um yeah that was the that was the point of the experiment to find out if anything was working i guess if i was to take anything home from that time of trying a lot of podcasts is actually find something you really like you're really good at, you're passionate to talk about, and ideally that other people want to hear about. And that's the perfect mix. Don't go off looking for templates and say, oh, I should do daily. It should be 20 minutes every week or whatever. Just do what suits you, but do something you really, really like and you're good at and you think other people want to hear about. And then everything else, the magic will just work.
2: And actually, I have an interesting question uh, to the three of you. Do you think that if somebody is starting a podcast today, do you think that they could succeed without the video element? Do we think that video became so incredibly important that almost makes it or breaks it for the podcasting?
0: I'm I'm happy to evangelize about that in that I, <laughs> I, I've been asked this question many times. I've been to quite a few events over the last few years where I've seen video just completely take off in terms of the way it's promoted in podcasting. And I think there's a really dangerous trend whereby I believe a lot of it is behind uh, a lot of what's behind it is companies actually developing their systems and becoming more, trying to become more unique or try to develop new, um, you know, video recording, video editing, video quality type software and actually pushing that as what podcasters need to do because it's somewhere they stand out as a place they could innovate. Um, and I do think video works. I think it works really nicely. I think some podcasts can use video in a really good way, um, whether it's little clips for promotion or whether it's full episodes, but I think it needs so much more work, so much more time, so much more thought and production, all of those things. For the most part, of course, I'm talking on average, like there'll be standout ones where it is literally just two faces with a crappy background that actually work on video, but it's a rare, rare thing. And I think the trouble is that the little podcasters now think that video is an essential And therefore it kills podcasts because they try to do video and it's too much work and it's too much time and it's intimidating because you've got to have your look right and your lights and all that kind of thing. Uh, and it's a bad thing because that's that pressure put on people and it kills more podcasts than um, than it should. So that's my worry that I think, yes, it's a good thing for some people. Yes, put some work into it if you want, but don't feel the pressure to do it because the power of podcasting has always been how easy it is to do. Because you can have a script mm-hmm. in front of you, you don't have to care what you look like. You've just got yourself and a mic to put it out there. So. I don't know, that's my thoughts. I've always tried to try to make it clear to people we talk to that it's not essential. Start with the audio, move to
3: video if you want. But yeah, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I think that's really good. I, I like that because that encourages people to take action and not worry about all of the issues that come up with video. Of course, there are issues with audio as well, but I feel like, yeah, there's an extra hurdle and it's harder to leap over when you're doing video as well. And that should not prevent someone from starting something and getting a message out there. So absolutely, I think you put it really elegantly, Colin, that that can be a way. Now, I might add to that. I might say, well, you know, if you've got a camera there and you've got the ability to record and like say most of the apps now, uh, you know, Squadcast, Riverside, all of that are allowing you to do that. Why not do it? But I, I would still do it with an audio-first mindset uh, and and worry about what you look like and whether everything's correct afterwards uh, because you're getting the message out there. But I, I, I also oh, see the value you're clearly of, not
2: a woman on that one. We I, don't, we worry about how yeah, we look before we worry about the look. <laughs> I,
3: do, I do also see the value of, obviously, YouTube and also maybe putting the video up on Spotify as well. That's doing really well in the video space. So you know, I don't know. I think you are going to hit more people through video, but you shouldn't let it stop you. What do you think, Isabella? and Matthew? No,
2: hang on, Matthew, Maff, what what do you yeah. think? What y- do you
3: guys yet. think? Uh,
1: my quick two cents um, is just that, uh, you know, I agree with what's been said so far. And I would, I, just always think, well, what what are most people doing when they're consuming podcasts? They're driving cars, they're doing rote tasks. And I know you do get people that will put YouTube on, quote unquote, in the background. So it's they're essentially using it as audio. But I mean, let's remember until we have got self-driving cars everywhere and you've still got your housework to do, most of your podcast listening time, you're not really in a position to watch a video anyway. So that's why I'm super confident that audio is... is always going to be the main part and video could of course support it but audio is the main player in podcasting
2: I like that. And I, my, my only worry, I guess, with that is that people get very discouraged because they will start an audio-only podcast. And, you know, we are no longer in the same position we were 10 years ago where there was literally no comp- competition, you know, on, on iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts now. And uh, But now it's hard. I, I think that, you know, you release a podcast now, you will be lucky to get like, you know, 10, 20 listens, each week when you do very little promotion. Whereas with video, you see, it's like it's it's in a way easier to hack the YouTube algorithm to get the, you know, the the video to be exposed elsewhere, right? So like if do we think that no video can hinder almost releasing a podcast in a way? It's like how do you promote an audio-only thing that works? Because I must admit I have not seen anything yet that is really good for growing uh, your podcast that does not involve video.
3: Or something like Headliner, right? That does the animated waveforms yeah, and text. Yeah, who wants to watch
2: that? Like, you know, it's like, do you ever watch that? I always skip that. Like, mm. that doesn't work. I don't, I haven't seen a case where it works. I don't know about...
0: I I worry though that most people don't want to watch a standard like face two faces with kind of no thought about the studio and no thought about the lighting and stuff like that too. I feel like I feel like the people that you know you post a sixty minute recording of just a a squadcast recording or whatever. It's just it's not even much better than that. But I don't know. I I know trends are changing and it's it's there's a risk that we hang on too much to the way that we listen to podcasts and maybe twenty year olds are not doing that and so. Yeah. I'm not, honestly, not too sure. Yeah. I think, I think they can both work though. I have seen audio only podcasts still grow in this day and age. And I think there are lots of tactics out there you can do it with. And I I also have tried a lot um, with our new show. We've just released a show called The Creator Toolbox, where we're kind of widening out and talking to creators more widely. And I've been trying to do video on that. Part of the purpose there was to have a show where we record video and we do a lot more clipping and social sharing of those clips. And I thought, AI would make that super easy, super quick, super fast. But it still takes Definitely. like hours. It still takes hours to choose good ones to then schedule them all. Um, even if you've got tools that help you with that part, it's still like such an extra big job to to add it in. So I don't know. I do worry about it.
2: It is. It's it's like a full time job. It's like yeah. that's that's the thing. It's like it can become your full time job if you let it. <laughs> yeah. And I think you know th- there is you know, just going back into the 10 years ago, it was in a way so simple, right? Because you could just record an episode, release it and it worked. Whereas I don't think it does in the same way. Like so much has been overcomplicated with various different tools. I mean, the, the saddest part is like, we, we do a lot of editing for clients uh, where they will come to us, they will record um, audio, send to us, we will post edit, uh, send back to them. And actually, do you know, the number of podcasts that don't go beyond 10 episodes is staggering because people get discouraged so fast. They're like, well, you know, what's the point of me putting all that time, all that money into something that gets 20 listens, right? So it's like, how do you overcome that? I think that's really difficult.
0: Do you think it is hard? I feel like the shows that and I'm sure people would point out many cases that this isn't the case but I feel like the shows that do really well even the ones that end up in like really good video studios and stuff all have a history of doing just a year's worth of audio only podcasting, learning their craft, getting better at it, learning how to be a good presenter, learning how to craft actual good compelling content Um, and doing that with next to no listeners, doing that with listeners in the tens or the hundreds um, and only kind of hitting a point where, you know, they just, something happens where something clicks and they find that, they find their skill, they find their, their kind of zone of genius, whatever you want to call it and then they can add in things like video and then they can add in more production and all that kind of stuff but i don't know i think there still is a big case for that keeping it simple keeping video out like f- spending six months just actually figuring out what your topic what your content what your skills are for a lot of people certainly i don't know too many cases of people who have gone straight in with like a really heavy studio um and gone video first and actually succeeded within the first 10 episodes anyway so i don't know i'm maybe totally wrong on that though
3: Yeah, I think that's a beautiful way of describing it. It's that basically the the message is just start now as quickly and as simply as you can and improve over time. You know, maybe your first audio episode isn't going to be great. Maybe it's just going to be a simple USB mic on your desk recording in and uploading. But over time, you might get a better microphone, you might get some sound treatment, you might eventually introduce video. And I mean, look at, you know, obviously a a YouTuber as opposed to a podcaster but Jimmy Donaldson Mr Beast he's got all of his videos dating all the way back to when he was like 18 years old still up on his channel and I've watched through the progression of a lot of his videos and he started out when he was 18 just gaming and you know he'd he'd switch on his, his capture card and he'd just be gaming and he'd say today I'm going to talk to you about the YouTube algorithm and he'd do that for a couple of minutes and then stop and that was his experimentation and he had no views on them but now of course those those videos have like millions of views, so he never knew that was gonna happen when he was recording them. So I guess you yeah. Don't let it's it stop your progress.
2: Good. I think it's the consistency for, more for you than for your listener, because if you are consistent, you consistently learn yeah. and improve as you go along, and actually just overcoming the fact that yes, you might be might be talking to ten people uh, each week, right? But if you were actually to put those ten people in the room with you or around the table at dinner, like isn't that great that those yeah. ten people decided to turn up, right? Like <laughs> that's that's quite big.
0: Yeah, it's the, I think it's we the... have
2: expectations high expectations uh, Absolutely it's it's
0: the age old like um you just yeah you just need to actually do it it'll grow it'll mm-hmm. you it's starting it simple keeping it going and actually it'll grow over time you're going to be speaking to nobody nobody wants to hear that truth that you know it takes six months it takes a year to actually grow a decent audience Um, but if you're improving every week and you're doing a little bit of work on promotion you know just like take one little tactic every week and do something to help grow your show even if it's only 10 15 minutes worth of work on it once a week then that'll work over six to 12 months it's yeah but it does take a while still
2: It really makes me want to start a podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, hmm, it's been a while.
0: (laughs) I'm actually, I've I've written down, um, I did my kind of uh, start of the year journaling, figuring out what I want 2024 to be about. And I've said to myself, like 2024 has got to be the year of creating again for me. Like I've just not made that much in the last year or two. I want to make more stuff this year and more fun stuff as well. Um, some things will be for work, for what we do, but some things that I just want to do to mess around. So,
3: yeah.
2: I like that. On I that like point,
3: that. I think that's a really great point. I'd love to ask you a question, Colin. What is the kind of content you enjoy creating the most?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I do really enjoy creating. I hope this doesn't come across cheesy, but it's true. I really do enjoy creating things that I know will actually teach people something. So yeah. I've always really enjoyed creating this stuff, and I think you're the same, Matthew, aren't you? Like creating stuff on the podcast, so it's like we both enjoy it because it's teaching people, it's helping people, and it's something we really are. Like I, I still listen to ten, fifteen hours of podcasts a week, easy. Like I'm still so, so much a consumer of it as well as a, as a creator. So I do really enjoy that, but. I do want to make something. Uh, I do want to make some different stuff as well. Like I, I played around with making a um, a health and fitness podcast a while back because that's just one thing I'm really into, and I and I experiment a lot with it. And my trouble is, I'm a bit of a geek. I'm a bit of a nerd. So whenever I get into something, I fall head into it and like do far too much research and learn far too much about it. So I like sharing that stuff. So it's something around that. Um, and I would really like to make something. I'm I'm kind of wary about doing this, but I would love to be able to make something with my kids. Like I don't really want them to be face forward on it, so I'm trying to figure out a way right now to make something with them, so I can spend an hour a week just doing something with them, creative. Maybe even give them a few skills around that for the future, but not actually like expose them to the world too much. Like this is a really weird thing, this, but I'm trying. I've got some ideas around doing it though, uh, but I think that would be something really interesting to do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was just uh, just thinking back to the, the you know talking about people starting these days and and how a lot of people will give up uh, early. And when you think about this idea of you know a lot of people get caught in a perfectionist trap and now there's there's you're told that there's more things to be doing as well. So let me before I've released my first episode, get really good at audio, get really good at edit and I'll get my video set up and everything. And say for a new person listening to this that they do put out one episode and it's perfect it's absolutely you know the best podcast episode that's ever existed but they've got one episode so so what after that the listeners heard that the viewers watched it whatever they think that was great but they've nothing else to do whereas if you've been working away at this for months or years you've got a back catalogue that they could then say, you know what, I really like that, let me grab some more of these episodes, Uh, you know, let me spend a bit of time over the next few weeks just binging this back catalogue. That's when you really make a fan in podcasting. It's not because you did one perfect episode and, and people had nowhere else to go after that, so... You just, you do need that back catalogue one way or another. Well, there's only one way and that's to just do it. Do it consistently over a period of time. That's how you really mm. bring people in and, and you know, your next episode then they're on the train with you but you're not just going to get this one perfect episode that's not a
0: film. That's my yeah rant. Agreed. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> well we won't keep you too much longer I we know we've had you for a while now Mike and Isabella but what bit, I'll ask that question back to you guys like Isabella you were talking about creating more content as well then that inspired to make a podcast what do you enjoy creating what would you make this year if you were going to start something
2: that's really really a good question i don't know i i really would like to start a podcast i've been toying with that idea in my head for a while i was thinking i would really love to do something the thing is though i'm i always worry so i'm genuinely like a massive um you know, worry in my head that it's like, will anybody like it? Like who would like to listen to this? It's like, do I have a valid point? You know, it's like, I really question myself a lot. And that's, that's a really bad thing because yeah, it, it stops me from progress. But if I was to create something, I don't know, it would be like a combination of like business, um, Stuff Because I really enjoy tinkering with like, you know, e-commerce stuff, Uh, but also podcasting itself. And then there is the YouTube side of things and it, it shifts. That's the other thing. It's like my interests shift throughout the year. So it's like I will start a year with like massive head inside a YouTube algorithm, but I might end it with something completely unrelated and maybe just more on like a productivity side rather than anything else but i actually like talking to people so whatever i do i would like to do something where i where i have opportunity to just talk to people and pick their brains so
0: yeah like that a lot it's it's hard that isn't it finding something that is consistent enough but gives you enough variety and flexibility that you kind of know that you're not going to grow quite as well as you could if you then if you went really specific but actually you know fine as well that you're not going to keep doing it if you make it so specific that it bores you after a while so that's it's a hard the balance. thing and I
2: don't want another job you see it's yeah. like I have a lot of jobs throughout the day and I would like to find something that will not feel like a job after a while so I want something that will keep me having fun yeah. and I can see as hey it's like finally I've got the time to turn on the microphone and do that thing I was really looking forward to because all the boring stuff is done whereas I don't want this to become the boring stuff where it's like I have to put another episode because I haven't recorded this week yet so what am I talking <laughs> like this is my worry you see this is yeah. mm.
3: <laughs> what about you make yeah. yeah yeah I'm just listening to uh, what Isabella said there and I, I think that's great um, talking to people having guests on I mm-hmm. think is an interesting thing so that, that yeah. could potentially work for you Isabella and I genuinely enjoy doing shows like this where we're all having a discussion and bouncing off each other Um, But for me, uh, like you, Matthew and Colin, I really enjoy teaching. So particularly new techniques and ideas. So often I find there's only so many ways I can talk about setting up a compressor. But when a new feature is released, I'm really excited. And I think that's what thrills me the most is new things. So anything that's new and available, uh, obviously in the audio space, very dear to my heart. But more and more so, certainly over the last 12 months or so, AI has been an incredible area of interest for me, and I want to watch how that grows, how that augments us as creators. I know a lot of people are are saying on the other side of the fence it's going to replace us as creators, but I genuinely believe it's augmenting us, particularly if we use it correctly and we use it to help us. and We don't use it too much to think for us, but it is great for like, you know, turning messy notes into a a show script. So I I just want to be on top of the new things. And I think what will excite me for the rest of this year is creating content around the new technologies that are coming out pretty much daily at the moment uh, to help us. with our thing in fact i was just playing i don't know if you guys have seen this playing with a technology called wondercraft the other day and it uh, you've you've seen it Colin where yeah, it, it yeah. generates a script for you voices the thing mixes it up and boom <laughs> it's like, it's
2: like, like I, i'm like no nah, yeah. it's just not you know, know. people are going and there to is go the through
3: yeah, are going the to go
2: for a period mm. of time of being so, whoa, about this. And then they will realize that actually people just like to listen to people. And like, this is just, like, you know, this is why you would maybe turn on the news channel, right? Because you wanted to hear the latest news that like lacks personality and everything else. But for, for that intricate, you know, personal development where you want to learn something, you want a teacher and the teacher has to be human for, yeah. for you to really... Yeah. Get but it can knowledge. also
3: aid you. So there are there are apps and startups now that allow you to throw in like your, your feed of blogs and things that you listen to and consume, and it creates you a personalized daily podcast of maybe 20 minutes. So everything you'd read across the internet can be curated into that podcast. And it can say, good morning, Mike. Here's your daily brief. Uh, this is what The Verge is saying. This is what TechCrunch have. Uh, you know, this is what the podcast host has published this week kind of thing. All in one thing. And I can say, ah, I really like what Colin's done with that. I'm, I'm going to actually go and look further. So I, hopefully that's a way of augmenting us, you know. Um, but I do hear your warning of let's not let it replace us and think for us and do things for us. Because, of course, that, that obviously potentially breaks trust with the audience because they're like, well, I don't know when I'm hearing your voice if that's you or AI you. And that's, yeah, that's a concern, right? But,
2: but also to me, like this has a potential to really ruin podcasting, as in like, you know, it can dilute so much because people will be like, oh, this is so easy to make a content. I don't have to do anything. I can just press the button and it's all there, right? It's like, but that will dilute content so much that actually the real people who who want to create something meaningful will be so much harder to find. And therefore they will have smaller audience as a result. So I think that there is a massive word of warning to, to people who to not fall through that trap because it can have a really severe consequences to creators in the end and i don't think that's a good thing
0: yeah i i think that's i think that's huge actually and i think search engines podcast search engine are going to have to get a lot better like as in right now, Google's very good at you know uh, filtering out the rubbish, the replicated, the duplicate content, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And podcast uh, search engines are going to have to get very good at you know surfacing high quality stuff as opposed yeah. to all of the replicated podcasts,
3: all the AI-generated podcasts. So hopefully yeah, they absolutely. can solve that. And know. I think on that, that's a really interesting point. We are actually at a point now where we're seeing search, and as a result, I believe search for podcasts, changed, so Google has had its standard type in a couple of keywords or type in a phrase and get your 10 results and go to the next page and find your new 10 results. Now we're seeing things like Arc Search for iOS which can summarize six websites and make you a customized solution or Perplexity where it can scour the internet and then do a large language model summary of what it's found. And then we've got Apple uh, who have I think fairly recently announced that they're transcribing pretty much every episode that's uploaded. So Just imagine having the ability to search that and augment your searches with AI and say, I found these podcasts on exactly what you want. And also, I think it will take the pressure off the podcast to think, oh, gosh, I've got to title my episode and put the description exactly. Just like I think YouTube is already doing. It'll look at every word that's spoken. And if we suddenly started talking a lot about unicorns in this episode, we'd suddenly maybe find that this episode would rank highly for unicorns because it's like, wow, unicorns has already been said three times in this episode. I'm going to show this up in, in search. So the future of search, I, th- I think we've always seen this coming, but it's going to be more human and more based around the actual content rather than what you stuff into the title. Uh, which I know you would never advocate for keyword stuffing in titles. So, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> so indeed. SEO.
2: It's like it depends on what the the current SEO practice is, right? And and what works. What you want to do, all you can, to be found, ultimately, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> cool. All right, Matthew. Is there anything else you want to cover before we tie it up?
2: loads
1: but I'm aware that we'd never ever get through it now so I'm thinking we'll maybe <laughs> rearrange for a part two if, if you guys are up for that I would love to um the, the, yes the, like I say there's there's a lot more I'd love to talk about but we can't we can't go forever in one day can we so yeah, yeah we should
0: catch <laughs> up more often <laughs> definitely definitely. Yeah. definitely cool
2: yes let's let's do it again I think that's a great great idea
0: all right thank you out there for listening so if you want to go and check out more of Mike and Isabella's excellent stuff where should we send them Isabella
2: Uh, Well, search for Music Radio Creative. Uh, We are on the website, musicradiocreative.com, but then you will find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. uh, Especially
3: YouTube. Like and subscribe. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Head over, yeah.
0: Mike's channel is absolutely excellent for anything audio production. So yeah, head over to YouTube, search Music Radio Creative. And if you want to check out any of our stuff, we're over at thepodcasthost.com. Everything from starting to running to monetizing around a podcast. All right, thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you.
3: Thank you.